I watched the pilot, and it felt like 44 minutes of hype for this PG-13 Battle Royale competition where the competitors are high school grads, and they're all in this small town in Texas. The prize is $50,000. It's like Dirty Deeds mixed with Saw and Scream <laughs> and The Society. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of things to throw in there. First off, how can, it, when you say Battle Royale, is it really, really violent, but just not show any blood? Because you said it's a PG-13 version of that, right? The competition can only be won by one person. So when I say Battle Royale, I mean they're going through these weird trials and tribulations. Two people died last year doing it. So it's not like there is no violence, but definitely not the amount of killing or anything where where they're purposefully trying to kill each other at least that's what we're led to believe in this first episode but again it felt like it was all hyping us for learning what this panic thing is about so it kind of was getting the exposition out of the way and you're thinking that the rest of this series is going to show the actual it wasn't exposition it was more just like hey you're gonna love this uh let's show you all these parties with these teens let's introduce you to the main characters these are going to be the contestants it literally felt sort of like a game show being presented through a teen drama. However, the show does resort to two teen drama tropes that are in basically everything. Oh, that let you me guess. See. So you get the romance, I assume, in one of them. Eh, no, not really. Those oh, are okay. one of the two. The astounding amount of coordination between these kids, while the adults range from oblivious to recklessly <laughs> inept, like that's, that's in every show yeah, these days. Right. The police officers, led by Sheriff James Cortez... The whole precinct is aware that panic is going down, and they're trying to stop it. But I remind you, this is a small town. Everybody's on a first-name basis. Like, the kids right. know the sheriff. Yeah. There's only a few places in these type of small towns that kids end up hanging out. So I don't know why it's so difficult for them to either go to those places or follow one of the kids that they know is going to be participating in this. No. Instead, what they decide to do is wait until fireworks start shooting up from everywhere because there's... Okay. They, they, they shoot fireworks in this panic game, like to start it off. Okay, yeah, we get this exorbitant firework display at night. It's a couple days after graduation, and I'm talking like 50 fireworks at a time shooting out from the forest, and they're moving at the same time. Fuck knows how the kids planned all this distraction, <laughs> especially when if you take into account that they're all at the panic initiation right now. Like, it doesn't make sense how they would be able to be shooting off these things, even if they were, like, electronically set, or how they have the amount of money to pay for them, or the intelligence to, like, set all these up perfectly so, so when, they don't cause so a forest fire. When they have this... But, but like, all the cops are chasing the fireworks, and then they just give up. <laughs> oh, and, and so they're like, okay, well, panic's going to happen for another year? No, they're just going through the woods with their police cars, like, through the avenues. There's three different police cars that are just like weaving through the entire town and then we get a zoom out and we see the fireworks are just coming up from everywhere so is this just like a yearly tradition that they do because yes. high schoolers are bored is yeah that, and that, that leads me to the second trope you got gossip girl pretty little liars the society 13 reasons yeah. why riverdale scream what do they all have in common uh, they all star teens and the teens are usually doing <laughs> they, they, they have their own like almost adult world even though they're very young true but they're all shrouded in mystery you know who's gossip girl who's a in pretty little liars how did the society people like how did they t take yeah, all those teens they, out of their town work? yeah uh, who's the bad guy in 13 reasons why like all that stuff <laughs> the scream also who's the bad guy right. same thing here there's an unknown factor 
And they spend this pilot acclimating us to the idea that one and only one thing makes this town special, like you said, and that's this specific event. So who bankrolls it? $50,000 is a lot of money. And the previous year, they gave away $30,000. Is Zuckerberg just laughing his ass off, cabin in the woods style, <laughs> like with a bunch of drones just staring at these kids as they present his entertainment for him? Like what other secrets are going to be revealed? I'm pretty sure there's like an 88% chance that the writers don't know. Because that's they're, usually they're how this thing goes. It's like with Lost. We're going to get a yeah. bunch of questions. But I've been teased like this before. And every finale leading to more questions than answers is not going to cut it. Well, first I'm off. I'm not biting into this show are, until I get concrete proof that something is going... is like we're going to get actual answers. You are very, very close to what the right, or to what the reviewers were saying about this show. The difference here is, like I said, or it's actually based off of a book by Lauren Oliver that came out in 2014. Initially, what they were going to do was they were going to make a film based off of it. A script was made, but Lauren Oliver, the creator... And all the studios that were pitched the script absolutely hated it. But when they uh, greenlit this show back in uh, 2018, Lauren Oliver was really ecstatic because, uh, again, she's also the executive producer. She gets money. But she also (laughs) thought that this was going to be done way better as a TV series and even has plans for season two, even though they haven't officially been announced. Pretty Little Liars was also a book series, and I think they went off script eventually with that show, too, because they just ran out of content or just didn't work with what they were actually putting on the screen. And I'm not sure if there's a sequel to Panic. I think Panic was the only book that was written. But you've given a lot of shows that this uh, show is like. But between Nerve, Hunger Games, or Outer Banks, which show is... Wait, what's Nerve again? Nerve is that uh, 20, I think, 13 movie with Casey Neistat and uh, Dave Franco where they They're both have like the 40 app. years old. <laughs> yeah, but where they have the app that continually tells them to do more daring pranks until it just gets to the point of ridiculousness. Oh, so it's like sell. Yeah, almost. it's the thing that Casey Neistat did with Dave Franco when they did the prank. That was the movie that okay. they were promoting. So between those three, Nerve, Hunger Games, and Outer Banks, which one is this most closely uh, related to well i do have a character in here that i compare to outer banks but you can really compare this to any um specifically dirty deeds it is basically just dirty deeds with higher stakes okay i mean that makes sense every single review i read said outer banks like this is one almost like a well i didn't i only saw the pilot to outer banks yeah but i I, let me go through the characters because that's where i get to the outer banks connection yeah you have heather nell who is our main character our protagonist she's the good girl she's been saving up for college because she's uh her she lives with her younger sister and her mom sherry who's sort of a trailer trash alcoholic that ends up stealing like five thousand dollars from her yeah. in this pilot right. to go fix her car yeah. and that motivates heather who's usually against this competition because of what happened last year she didn't even want to be a viewer but now she's sort of forced and mo- motivated to join it at the last second she's also our narrator and sounds a little bit like um kiernan shipka from sabrina yeah the, chill- yeah. the chilling yeah was, I, I heard the overtone and i was like is that the same girl was the narration needed in this show or was she just kind of saying things that it's a pilot it's going to have narration it's going to be based off that type of book fair. feature so so I, I wasn't too against it. Yeah. Bishop is Heather's nice boyfriend slash best friend. He's sort of nerdy. We don't get much more than that from him. Yeah, he had the most like, because um, a lot of them did interviews for the show, but a lot of the interviewers were asking the same questions. He actually gave some stories like as to what happened on set. So I have a lot of information on him, but keep I don't, I think he's going to probably have a higher degree of um, relevance in the later episodes. Mm-hmm. But in the first one, he was kind of just there. 
Right. Um, Natalie is her other best friend, so she has Bishop and Natalie as her two best friends. Natalie has been prepping for panic this entire year. She wants to move to Hollywood. Uh, she even lights her diploma on fire when she gets it oh, because wow. she's just like, I'm going to get that $50,000 and I'm going to go to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it's motivation, I guess. I mean, she's already in Hollywood, though. The actress. Sorry. Uh, she's, she's basing <laughs> it off her real life. You have Dodge Mason, who is the most classic case of like the outsider dude. He's the mysterious new kid who's actually been there for a full year. Mm-hmm. But as our main character puts it, anyone who's been there less than 18 some years is, is going to be considered new. Despite the fact that he works at the local diner and he also goes to classes with them, I assume. Uh, he's probably going to become someone's love interest by the end because they show him out with without his shirt and he takes like the highest cliff jump until the last until Heather jumps the cliff. But we'll get into that in a second. Right. He joins Panic for unknown reasons. Basically, mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to figure out what it is. And then once he does, he's like, I'm, I'm in okay. <laughs> um, probably the most dynamic character, though. And he's also like the jerk jock. Uh, he's half Outer Banks, uh, half <laughs> Nicholas. Sorry, uh, Jack Nicholson. I'm Jack this. Nicholson from uh, from Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, okay. So he looks a little too old to be graduating high school. <laughs> he he has his back. own posse. He ditches school a lot. There's a scene where him and his friends are sitting and rolling joints when a breeze rolls in and a piece of paper in the middle of the forest, right? Mm-hmm. It just like floats in front of them, hits one. And that's their invitation to know when this shit is going down. Wait, so they couldn't just find a better way to do it. The writers just said, hey, let's have a breeze roll by. And then, yeah, like they're about to dismiss the piece of paper, but then Ray takes it and he's like, it's begun. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, A, that means he's just as much a pawn as anyone else. He just knows a little bit more. And B, I think it's in the trees because first we have the fireworks that are like shooting off right. from the middle of the forest. And now papers are just falling from the sky. It seems like the only reasonable explanation to how this stuff could be happening other than people like literally just being in the like paper airplane uh-huh. in it <laughs> is if the trees are in on it. Well, <laughs> I, I don't think that this is an M. Night Shyamalan that happening. How do you situation. explain that invitation working? How do you just get someone a piece of paper like that well ray ray's this is a supernatural ray is the actual actor's name i believe he has a different last name but i found it funny how they did the same type of thing and and his audition he showed up 15 minutes late apparently his phone died Yeah, that's right but he didn't he didn't want to uh kind of say sorry or anything like that or apologize because he's like i know that ray as a character wouldn't do that so he went in there and gave his audition anyways and then got a call back for it um, and they shot. I, I read somewhere similar or something similar. Michael B. Jordan, in order to get his role on Friday Night Lights, apparently uh, tackled Peter Berg. T- tackled him? Yeah, like... to show him he was committed at being the team captain. And like they were doing a practice scene together. <laughs> and he was like, show me, show me. And then he was like, all right. And then he just tackled him. So, I mean, it's just commitment in the audition room. You talked about uh, Olivia Welch. She's the person who plays Heather. She jumps off the, the cliff in this episode. Yeah, so. All through the episode, we're finding out that her plan is to escape and pay her way through the first semester of college somewhere else, get out of town, get out, uh, leave her family. The only part that that's sad with is her sister, of course. Mm-hmm. But then once she finds out her money is gone, she goes up at the very end of the episode, somehow joins the competition because they've asked for volunteers already. But they're like, last call for volunteers, right? And she gets there. She runs up the mountain. They think that she's going to chicken out from going off the smallest jump. 
But then she ends up going all the way because like a butterfly leads her all the way to the top <laughs> of the was, mountain, the Devil's spirit. Peak or something, yeah. I think it's called. And then she just takes that leap. And then that's where the show cuts off. And that's why it felt like a hype episode. Because oh. then you got like that. It, it, it's just trying to get you prepared for what comes next. Because that scene wasn't fake. Like she actually had to jump off a cliff for that. And she said that like that's when she realized she had a fear of like big heights. heights. But not like Don't look down. looking down them, but like actually having to jump off of them. She was really afraid to do that. Um, I have some spare thoughts if you want to yeah, hear go, those. Go ahead. First of all, in the first like few seconds of the show, we see the previous panic. And they're just giving kind of a rundown of what was going on. One of them is like this weird hazing where a girl is stuck in a coffin and then they close the coffin lid on her. Right. And I assume bury her alive for an amount of time so that she doesn't suffocate. But yeah. just to see how scared she gets. And the idea behind panic is that as long as you don't panic, you'll be fine. Okay, so that's the reason why it's named that then. Yeah. And then it did feel like... I'll give the show credit, the parties that they were showing. I don't know if it's because it was shot during COVID, but the high school parties shown on TV are usually normally presented through rose-tinted goggles from the director's yeah. point of view, yeah. and they're, like, huge and, and amazing, despite the fact that these kids are, like, I don't know, 16, 17, and there's no way they plan these. But this was this was pretty low-key. They were out in the, the um, middle of the forest for most of them, and uh, it would just be, like, kids hanging out, you know? Well, Lady Janiac, who co-directed this episode, is also the director who did Honeymoon. Um, and that movie in particular... She really likes forests. <laughs> well, she yeah. likes trees, too. I told you the trees would come into play. Well, the thing, the thing about that film is, is that it gives you all the answers, but it doesn't leave... It's also very supernatural. Yeah. Though. So is there going to be a supernatural aspect to the show? Uh, I, I think that there, yeah, I think there is at some point, but I don't think it's going to be anything Because it's, it's got all, like, the symptoms of, of something that would, yeah, and like, when, it's Carb, Texas, which I've never heard of before. They filmed it in Smithville, Texas, but whenever you have sort of a Fargo-type thing where, where sometimes they might hint at supernatural uh, occurrences, it's always in a small town. Right, and, and the trailer kind of gave off that impression as well, but like I was saying, Honeymoon, like, it gives you all the answers, just, like, it's up to you as if it's a satisfying conclusion or not, but here, a lot of the show's criticism comes from the Honeymoon fact... Honeymoon was with Rose uh, Leslie, is that Yeah, name? yeah, from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, but and here... she starts acting really weird, for people who don't right, know. Right, right, yeah. It's just a nightmare scenario. Exactly. But here, a lot of the episodes, uh, critics were kind of annoyed with because they felt like they weren't getting answers as fast. Um, and yeah, they, they're going to draw this out. It's how how many episodes? It's going to be ten episodes. Yeah. And Olivia Welch said that after the fifth episode in particular, that's when she feels like everything really kicks up. You talked about the fact that this took place in Texas. They actually shot the pilot that they showed to the networks and got picked up with in New York. But the weather was so bad that once they got picked up, they just decided to move to Texas and shoot the whole entire thing uh, through quarantine because it's just the fact that... So uh, did they reshoot the pilot? Is yeah, yeah. And when they had to do reshoots for the pilot. And also, they cast this thing way later than I think they wanted to. For example, Cameron Jones, who plays Bishop, uh, he ended up getting the role a year later after he auditioned. And it was funny because um, when they were auditioning, they had to fill out forms that said that, you know, just to be like, we are people who auditioned for this role and blah, blah. And he thought that it that doesn't was... commit you, though. No, it, no, no. Yeah. But okay. he thought that it did. He thought that he had gotten the role because he had to fill out that form. So he started calling family and friends and he was like, I got the role, even though he, he didn't at that point in time because of himself uh, having to fill out that form. Overall, if you had to give this a one out of 10, what would you give it? Because I'll compare that with the reviews that 
Uh, the, for a first episode, it wasn't bad. It just felt like I wanted more answers, so I'll give it a 7 and be nice. Right now, <laughs> overall, it has a 5.9 on IMDb. The, mm-hmm. This episode in particular has a 7.5. However... I didn't have a problem with the acting. I thought that the story could... Like, it's always got the potential in something like this to be amazing, but more than not, it usually does go down the other path, and then you end up with a four or five show. Right, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's kind of what the critics were saying. But the Ron Tomatoes for this has a 60% critical-wise, uh, 83% for an audience score, but it seemed like every single review I was reading, again, A, compared this to Outer Banks, but B, kind of gave it a negative review. Um, is there any character that you feel like could be two-faced in the role in the roles that they were playing? You mentioned that there was like a mysterious any of them, character. Even the main character could eventually turn and betray her friends because that's how Natalie already feels. Natalie, who is her friend technically, was really upset that she decided to join the competition so late. Mm-hmm. She was like, you, you've been bad-mouthing this your entire high school career. Why would you do this? Why are you not supporting me? We can't both win. You know that, like th- that type of stuff. Um and then did it seem stylized at any point stylized like highly like had a high budget or anything like that because this show to for its premiere on the 26th started off with someone jumping off of a 50 foot structure then landing pulling up a torch in front of like 85 viewers right before they showed the pilot <laughs> so it seemed like that like it's you're a saying, spectacle yeah right i yeah. don't know if that's a sign of a high budget because they do, they only had that one scene with the cliff uh, one of the funny things about that scene is that apparently Diggins, who's one of the high schoolers, mm-hmm. has been uh, chosen to be the host. And I don't know how he, how that even happened. Like, who tells him to be the host? So it wasn't is he based part off of it? Of, it wasn't based off the previous winner. I feel like the previous winner would the previous the winner would have been from the other class. You can only graduate. You can only be one of the people oh, if you okay. were just graduated. Sense, yeah. But this graduation class is pretty big for a small town. It was like a hundred, two hundred people, and. Uh, they all seem to be there. And Diggins keeps on using this megaphone as the contestants are going up the hill and yelling at them through the megaphone, state your name, uh, and then something else. But there's no way anyone could possibly hear them from the distance right. that they were. Yeah. Because he <laughs> right. had a megaphone, they did not. And so he kept on asking for it. And then everybody kept on hearing when the person, because then they zoomed to the person. Oh, yeah. So the they person would just say name. their name. So it didn't make any it. sense that way. And, and I didn't like that. Well, they didn't even need to state their name. I feel like that was, again, sort of. Uh, to hint the audience. As to, to, to let people know, is, like, okay, yeah. that's this person. That's this person. Like, there are a few characters I haven't mentioned who are contestants who I don't even really pay attention to yet because they haven't done anything. They feel like Hunger Games extras, you know? Well, yeah. And does the show, it genre bends is what I heard of. Uh, uh, like a lot of reviewers are saying that it was a genre bending type show and olivia welch and uh, all the other people who were giving interviews didn't really signify what that meant what genres do you think they're like kind of pushing into this episode I mean, obviously kids it's horror. Drama. kids horror kids horror yeah i mean it's based off of the ya novel yeah. um and even lauren oliver has talked about how in season two this was this was strange to me because oh, also heather loses her job that's part of the reason she also joins the uh the thing it's because so just, she not yeah. only she not only loses the income that she already had but also any source of income that she would be getting in the future well, yeah, that's just one more reason why she decided yeah, to join just this. Just throw that in there. Yeah, I, and so, also the name of the people who died last year. In case anybody's keeping track, Jimmy and Abby. I don't know why they keep on showing them a year later. I had people die in my high school, and we did not talk about them at the end of graduation. Well, and that's the weird thing because Lauren Oliver is talking about how if they were to make a season two, she would probably kill someone off. And I'm oh, like, great. well, yeah, that's <laughs> that just seems kind of dark, and um, and it doesn't really, and you're kind of giving that away that someone's going to die. Also, but, I told you Dodge could be a two-faced guy too because he's right. unknown. 
Yeah, um, I think I think do you do you think that that's almost what you're supposed to think at by the end of this first episode? You, if you're supposed to suspect anyone or not like anyone, you're not supposed to be that big a fan of Ray because he's sort of a bully all year. He's been asking for people to give him insurance for the Panic Games by giving him a dollar mm-hmm. just okay. whenever that's he it. asks for it. <laughs> but I, again, I think he's going to have a redeeming moment because they he's too dynamic of a character not to then do something cool. Well, yeah, usually by usually oh, okay. when they get a redeeming moment, they usually end up dying right afterwards because it's like they risk their lives when you have a character like that but i don't know i haven't i haven't read what happens later on also something unclear about the panic rules is i think that they're supposed to have different competitions every year someone designs it Mm -hmm. (laughs) again whoever (laughs) it is is a mystery but this first one apparently is a pretty big tradition like it happens almost yearly Mm -hmm. so again i don't know why the cops wouldn't be able to find it yeah but but it also has assigned point values for the hill jumps I don't know why other kids wouldn't have started with the big hill because they acted as if like the girl had done something pretty extraordinary by going to that one. She was the but only if you one. Knew that that competition happened in the past. Why would you not practice and then that way you start off with like 150 points versus the 10 points or whatever that you get from doing the so small. So you thing. only get 10 points from jumping off of the small cliff and you get. I think it's like 10, 50, and then 150, but I could be wrong. I just know it's like a it's a big difference, it's, and you also get immunity if you jump off the big hill for like one of the future events. So it is a competition show like Wipeout. <laughs> right, but I mean like obviously this is all staged. It's not supposed to be realistic. So you only see the jump. You don't get any of the other far because I've read that like it gets ridiculous by the by the end, just the amount of like dares that they're asked to and do. stuff that they get up yeah, to. Right. No, and- all a hype episode, not a lot of come through. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think that that's basically kind of all I have. That's all you have for your review. Yeah. yeah. And I think I've expressed everything I think about I, I, the, the show. The uh, so far, the Guardian gave it two out of five stars and says that's uh, ludicrous with a lot of clue drops and uh, secret graffiti messages. That said, if you want to skip through this show, it's, it is one of those ones where it's like, oh, I re- let's just find out who wins. Right. You know? Yeah. That, and- that seems like a. a- it- quite easy thing to do and and it would probably be pretty entertaining and all the reviews that i read were just complete uh like the season one reviews like there was no just pilots because i think it was all released at one time a couple days ago it was but so. we're only gonna watch by right, I, mean, right. I wasn't gonna waste no no, no i know I, i'm just saying that <laughs> when people like av club gave it a b they were giving it a b because of the whole entire show all right. just if you're in, if you're a fan of ya novels i know there's or sorry not ya novels but ya tv shows i know there's a lot of them coming out i think they're bringing back gossip girl too oh i, I saw one question so who had the best chemistry on set? Because it seemed like when they were giving the interviews, there was two people in particular that kept on doing the same interviews. Chemistry between each other? Yeah, because like Olivia Welch and um, and Jessica Sula, they usually did interviews together. And then you had uh, Dodge, Mike Face, and I think Bishop Cameron Jones that did uh, interviews together as well. Since this is the pilot, I assume it's the first one that they filmed together. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would be able to tell who got along the most. Um, the Ray's posse is kind of interesting because they all sort of hang out, but he's the only one competing. Uh, there was a girl in that that I feel like she might have a bigger part later on. When but they, I, I don't know. Yeah, after they like finished filming the episodes, they said that they usually would go out and see like movies together and really get to know each but other. But she was like the smart and... aleck one, and so I feel like she might be a good contrast to Ray a little bit. But I, I, I couldn't tell. That's the closest I could get. As far as Bishop and Heather, since they're shipped right at the beginning, <laughs> um, I, I there just isn't enough scenes with them to tell me that they're going to stay together. I feel like there's going to be a love triangle that appears maybe oh, with yeah. Dodge. I mean, that's usually the case with these YA novels. Yeah, so, yeah. that's my guess is 
Um, as far as who wins, probably the main character at the end of this whole thing. <laughs> Big surprise. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, I might skip through it. Is that, are we done? Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you like this one. Bye. Bye. Bye.